welcome to episode 191 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to get Baby Shark out of your head. Sorry, not sorry. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about trivia games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Kazooka and Mind Up. Then, we talk about our favorite games that test our brain's trivia knowledge. And now, here are your hosts. Ambi and Crystal. Recently, I played Kazooka, which is spelled K-U-Z-O-O-K-A. And it's capitalized strangely, too. Capital K, and then lowercase u, and then Z-O-O is all in capitals, and then lowercase k, and then capital A. (laughs) Kazooka! Kazooka. (laughs) (laughs) Very cartoonish, I think. Yeah, Yeah, like... So this is a game published in 2022 by Pegasus Spiel, designed by Leo Colovini. This is a cooperative game that's, it's like a cooperative liar's dice. (laughs) But the theme is you're all zoo animals, you're different zoo animals, you're trying to escape the zoo, but you can't like communicate with each other because you're all different animals, different species. So you can't like talk to each other. But the way you like figure out your zoo plan is by playing cards from your hand. So there's this track board that has different colors and numbers on the colors so it goes like one red and then one or two orange and then one yellow or something and it just keeps going and then later on it'll be like two red and three orange and two yellow and stuff and it goes up all the way to a lot of red and a lot of orange so you have a deck of cards there's a deck of cards with all these different colors six different colors i think of different numbers of cards in the deck and you each get a hand of cards and you're basically trying to bet that collectively you have those cards so you could say like if you look at your hand and you have two red in your hand you can you can bet on two red but then the next person has to bet ahead of that so they can't go back down to like one red or whatever like if two orange was below the two red and they want to bet orange they would have to go above to like three orange so you're trying you have to like keep increasing the bet kind of like liar's dice but it's cooperative <laughs> like when you are betting on your turn you're kind of trying to convey information about your hand but also trying to like add on to what other people have because you want to at some point someone's gonna say okay i think this is good like i think we have this collectively and then you reveal and if you have the exact amount you get a bonus and you get like an extra wild card that goes into the deck for next round. If you don't have the amount, then you don't get anything and that's bad. Um, And if you do have the amount, then you get like points and you can level up, which means you'll get more cards next time. There's seven rounds. You're trying to get all the way to the end of the track to escape the zoo. Like that's your final escaping zoo. Like the first rounds are practice, I guess, thematically. So you're trying to like get enough cards, build up enough in your deck to on the last round, be able to get through the whole board. So yeah, it's interesting, I think, <laughs> trying to bet enough. It's it's hard though. Like you're trying to bet, but you, you want to show what you have in your hand, but then also like not mess up for other players because like if you get if you bet too far up then they won't be able to show what they have in their hand or like they might have a lot of orange but then they're like putting it on five orange because like that's the next orange but then they don't have like no one else has orange then they don't want to increase the orange and it's like okay which colors do I go for so I enjoyed that communication by just putting down your bets on the colors each animal also has a special power which some of them like didn't seem very useful so like that was kind of weird what I didn't like about the game so firstly like 
at the end of the game, like at the, on the seventh round, you have to escape or that's it. Sometimes you might not even have the possibility of getting to the end, depending on how the cards are dealt, because the entire deck is not dealt out. Obviously, otherwise you would know <laughs> what you have. But yeah, um, <laughs> but like you, you have to have pretty much like all of the colors in order to get it. Like you have to have like all the red cards or like almost all of the orange cards or something. And you have to bet on the right one. So if it's dealt out so that you have an even distribution of cards, it could be possible possible that you don't have all of those, even if you've leveled up some. So leveling up and getting more cards into the deck or more cards dealt out will help your increase your chances, but it's still possible that it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, so like in that yeah. situation, like let's say you're going around and mm -hmm. the group basically has sussed out that you just can't do it. Mm -hmm. That seems very underwhelming at that point, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like you're like, oh, I guess we're we're not gonna make it. Like that's <laughs> like that's a really sad way to end a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that's kind of sad. I don't think that happened. To, uh, wait, did that happen to us? I'm not sure. Um, no, yeah, uh, we we could have gotten out. We just picked the wrong one. So in our second game, we were very close. Uh, our first game, I think we won. Or wait, no. First game, we didn't win. The second game, we won. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> uh, another thing is that the animals, they each have different animals, which I usually like, but the colors were kind of hard to differentiate and the shapes were also hard to differentiate. Like I couldn't really tell what the shapes were supposed to be. Like I had a sloth and it was supposed to look like a sloth, but I couldn't tell like, is this supposed to be the legs or like the tail or like the snout? Like I couldn't tell what the shape was for a lot of the anime pools so and then they're kind of small so we're putting them on the board it was kind of hard to see who bet what so that i didn't like those anime pools that's yeah that's a rarity usually like the anime pools are like the fun part of any game right yeah. yeah but like i got my first thing i'm like what is this like this is supposed to match i'm like what is i can't tell where where the head is of this animal <laughs> and the colors weren't like super bright standing out but like otherwise i liked the gameplay it, it was difficult and like <laughs> it, it's one of those games where it's like oh gosh why did you play that <laughs> why did you play there you could have done this and like because you're you're all thinking differently right like i'm thinking oh i have these blues we can maybe go for the blue ones and someone else is thinking oh i have these reds we could go for the red one and then you're like blue no red no blue <laughs> like at one point you have to combine powers because it's cooperative yeah so that's Kazuka, a cooperative liar's dice game. It definitely sounds interesting. I'm not, I, based on your description, I'm not going to run out and purchase it, <laughs> but I definitely would be down to try it. Mm -hmm. Well, the game I'm talking about today technically has not been released in its physical form here in North America yet, although it should be coming within the near future, I believe. It's a card game called Mind Up. It's got an exclamation point at the end of the title. So you gotta <laughs> say Mind Up, I guess. <laughs> and it is published by Catch Up Games, designed by Maxime Romborg. This currently has been published in Europe and is available to play digitally on Board Game Arena, which is how I have played it. Published in 2023, Mind Up is a card game that kind of is reminiscent to me of Six Nymphed in some ways, but a little bit more modern, a little bit different twist to it. So in Mind Up, players are all dealt a hand of cards 
And then each round, there will be a line of cards in the center of the table. For the first round, they just get dealt out. And then all of the players will play a single card face down uh, simultaneously. Those cards will get revealed. Whoever played the lowest card will get the lowest card from the line. Whoever played the highest card will get the highest card from the line and everything in between. So the deck ranges from one to 60, 12 per color in five colors. So if I played the one, I would get whatever card was the lowest value in the line at the center of the table. But what's interesting then is the cards that got played that round become the new line for the next round. So they stay on the table and they become the new line. And the cards that you collect go in front of you. And at the beginning of each round, there's three rounds in total. There are these scoring cards that get randomly assigned. They're in the same order for all of the players, but each round, the order of those cards is randomized. And each slot, there are five of them, has a different point value. And they are all related to the different colors of the different cards, but they're not assigned to a specific color. So this is a little hard to describe, but let's let's just say for ease of description that they got dealt out in numerical order. So the first one was one, the second one was two, the third one was three, four, and five. They do not have to be like that, but I'm, it'll be easier for me to describe, I think, this way. So the very first card you collect is always gonna go into the leftmost card. So that card would score you one point at the end of the round because it's in the one point column. The next different colored card you collect, so if that first card you collected was pink, the next time you collect a card that isn't pink, it'll go into the second column because it'll be the second color you've collected. And that card will be worth two points at the end of the round. And so if you can collect all five colors throughout the course of the round, you're gonna get more points for those last few that you collected or the different colors at the end because those will be worth more points. But again, they're not gonna be in order one through five, it's gonna be randomized. So maybe the first color you collect is gonna be worth two points a piece and the second color you collect is gonna be worth five points a piece. So if you pick up a pink second, then for the rest of the round, you're trying to pick up pink cards because maybe they're worth five points a piece, right? So it's gonna be different every single round into which cards you're trying to pick up necessarily. Some of the cards also have bonus points on them, either positive or negative, and those get scored at the end of the round in addition to the points you get in each column. And then what is a little more wild is all of the cards you collected during the round, you keep as your hand for the next round and you grab one more card from the deck. So you have a slightly larger hand for each subsequent round, but you all the cards you collected now become your hand. So there's a lot of different things to consider. Like it's a mechanically very light game. You're literally play a card and then claim the card that is in numerical order based on where yours fell in numerical order. But there's a lot of strategic things to think about. A, what you think your opponents are gonna play, B, what color you're trying to claim. C, what cards you want to pick up that you think might be valuable for you in future rounds, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of really interesting nuance here. And then there is also an optional bonus. There are these objective cards that you can incorporate into the game. Each round you draw a single bonus objective card, and it's things like if you have the most pink cards at the end of the round, you get a bonus of X number of points, or if you collect cards in all five colors, you get this bonus. Some of them are somewhat strategic, but in my estimation, they don't seem to make the game significantly more complex. And they some of them seem kind of a little luck heavy. 
because like you're already dealing with a lot of factors that you have to kind of play with when you're collecting cards. And some of them are like at the end of the round, if you have one or three orange cards and like <laughs> that seems like it would be very difficult to strategically manipulate your way into possible, mm -hmm. obviously, but like that seems like it's going to happen more often randomly than strategically in my estimation based on the way the game plays. Because with only cards one through 60, you're not, you don't know where your cards are going to fall exactly every time. I think this one's real fun. Like I said, it hasn't been published in the US yet, but this company posted on BGG that their partners in the US tend to publish about four to eight months after their original publishing. And it was originally published like three months ago. So I don't know when it's coming to North America, but my estimation would be within the next few months. I would say if you are a person who likes numerical card games like Six Nymphed, this is probably one to check out. I think this is going to be one of those games that potentially could be one of those quiver fillers, like that <laughs> people slide into their quiver and carry around with them because it's a, it's a card light game. There aren't that many cards in total in the game. So it'd be easy to carry around. It's a small box. It's brightly colored. So it has a little bit of good table presence. Uh, obviously I'm basing that on photos since I haven't, I don't own a physical copy, but I, I really enjoyed it and I'm going to be playing it more on board game arena, but yeah, so. So I would say keep an eye out for it. Maybe I'm going to be the one that like gives people the deets, you know, before it hits everywhere. And I can be the, the one that like got everybody hyped about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that uh, mechanic, it's like super simple of um, playing a card and then getting the one in that position. That's in for sale too. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, for sale is a like, great comparison point. Yeah. And like, I really like that part because you're like, oh, okay, wait, I have this like low number, but compared to other people, it might not be as low. Like what are other people going for, right? Yeah. So. And similar to for <laughs> sale, you have information that if you have mm -hmm. a good memory, you know things about other players' yeah. hands, right? Like you're like, mm -hmm. oh, they picked up the 20 <laughs> card last round. So like, okay, are they going to play that 20? Or are they going to play something else? And in this game, Technically, I, I don't think I would ever be able to pay this much attention, but like <laughs> you see every card that every uh -huh. player collects and that becomes their new hand. And those are all mm. just laying on the table there for you to look at. So if you have a good memory, I imagine you might have an edge in this one. Mm. But even if you know what cards they have, you still don't know what cards they're going to play. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's definitely interesting. And I, I think it's a fun one. Cool. All right, Ambie, you have five seconds to answer. Uh -oh. What is our topic that we're discussing today? Trivia games. I know that one. Oh, yay! <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I, I actually got stressed out. <laughs> I love, that, I love that you thought I was going to give you, like, real trivia all of a sudden. I was like, it has to be something that I know, right? Yes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything else to you, I promise. And also, you're, like, one of the smartest people I know, so chances are whatever I threw at you. Unless it was about, like, pop music, then maybe I, like... Also, but, I, yes. I edited it, so I could have edited it to have the answer right away. Oh, that's true. I could, even if I... Tr I would never be able to make you look foolish, because you could always like record yourself and make me look like the fool so I, I guess I gotta be on my, my best behavior here but we are talking about trivia games today we've mentioned a number of trivia games when we've discussed party games in the past but mm -hmm. I feel like 
trivia games kind of are a pretty broad category nowadays, and they've really evolved over the past few decades. And Mm -hmm. I will admit they didn't used to be one of my favorite genres, because I've always felt that they kind of were not typically fair for any random Mm -hmm. group of humans to play, because if you don't have the same knowledge base, then it doesn't feel fun. But a lot of newer trivia games have kind of figured out ways to mitigate for that. Yeah, they're still not my favorite. (laughs) <laughs> because it, it still has a little bit of that feeling for me. But yeah, there are some that have fun other parts or like combine it with something to make the game more fun. So despite trivia not being my favorite, there are some trivia games that I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember when I was a kid playing mm-hmm. Trivial Pursuit mm-hmm. and it kind of like it bummed me out to play. Like we had an old edition of Trivial oh, yeah. Pursuit. Like <laughs> I th- it was like a really old edition. And so a lot of the questions in there were things that child Crystal would never have known, like would have yeah. no way to know. Like and I remember me, my parents knowing answers to things and then my brother and I would be like, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> right. Like th- I guess theoretically that could be seen as like oh here's a cool thing to learn about but in the Uh moment it feels like oh they've filled up their little plastic thing with all the pieces of the pie (laughs) and now I don't have not anything yeah (laughs) and then I got Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit (laughs) when I was in high school and then I was really good at that one but then none of my family wanted to play it with me because they didn't know any of it (laughs) yeah it's interesting like Like, yeah there there have been versions of games that have come out over the years that i'm like oh i would probably be good at that but like i have so few friends who i could Uh play a specific game like that like yeah friends trivia like if it was like whether it was trivial pursuit or seen it or whatever like i would be really good at that but like how many people can i get together that have the same level of knowledge about the tv show friends that i do like that seems Mm -hmm. very difficult to pull together (laughs) (laughs) in college we did get some of my friends we played i think trivial pursuit lord of the rings and uh, they were better at it so (laughs) so but that was just fun like watching a couple of them who are like super into it and then they were actually criticizing it because it was like more based on the movies. <laughs> so, yeah. I actually really liked playing Seen It, just like regular Seen mm-hmm. It at one point. There was a version for the Xbox. I don't remember which Xbox, but it was neat because it came with controllers and it wasn't like a regular Xbox controller. It was a little game controller that had a big button on it and they were different mm-hmm. colored controllers and you would buzz in if you wanted oh, to wow, answer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really neat and it felt kind of more like a game show, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so you'd have to buzz in on your controller and it was, I I loved that edition of Seen It specifically. And I think if there was a version of that today, like if you could use the Nintendo Joy-Cons as buzzers Mm -hmm. on a a game, like I think that would be really cool. That would be more like a video game nowadays, right? Yeah, 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 it would definitely be a video game at this (laughs) point. I mean, Seen It was... Like there was a board, but like some of them had boards. Not all of the versions of Seen It had boards. Some of them were digital only, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I loved being able to buzz in. That was very fun. Like, cause I think at some point in almost everyone's life, you've had that like moment of like, I could be on a game show. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And they did have a lot of like game show versions of board games or like board game versions of game shows. That's what yeah, that's the way. <laughs> Basically, every game show I think that yeah. has existed within reason, most of the popular game shows yeah. have had board game adaptations made of them. Yeah. And those were just like fun because it's like, oh, it's like I'm on the game show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Eric Summerer and I definitely played some of those back on uh, Dice Tower tonight over the years, and those were always a blast. <laughs> but on to like more modern ones. One trivia game that I have enjoyed is Timeline. Timeline is a game where you're where you have different things throughout history, or like depending on. What, I think I played Timeline Inventions, <laughs> so like it has different inventions and it tells you the date that it was invented, but you don't know it. It has the date on the back of the card, and you're looking at the other side of the card and trying to put it in order on the timeline. So like at first there's just one card there, and so you're trying to put it in relative order of when it was invented. Like was the television invented before or after the phone? And so you put it there and then flip it over and see if you were right. So it's like a trivia where you kind of know like relatively but you don't have to know the exact date that it was invented or who invented it or whatever <laughs> you just like okay and you can kind of like sometimes guess but like as as it gets more things out you have to put it in the exact place and that gets yeah hard. like it's when like... there's a bunch of cards in the timeline and you're <laughs> yeah. like oh no i have to slot this in somewhere <laughs> yeah but like that gets hard for everyone i think <laughs> i think it does and I, I will admit occasionally timeline will make me feel a little bit like unintelligent because mm-hmm. something will pop up and I'll be like oh clearly this was invented in you know like this time frame and then I'll flip it over and it was like 300 years earlier than I thought or something and I'm like wait what like like sometimes there are things in the world that like you you assume were made at a certain point and were definitely made earlier than you thought yeah They've released a cooperative edition of Timeline that came out and a board game version of Timeline because original Timeline was just a card game. But Mm -hmm. then there have been new editions of Timeline that came out. Timeline has been a pretty popular game over the years and Mm -hmm. there have been a lot of different editions of it. And actually, I just saw on Board Game Geek when I was looking up games for the episode that there is apparently a Bezerwizer Timeline, which has definitely piqued my interest because one of my favorite trivia games is Bezerwizer just by itself. I admittedly do not own it and have don't get to play it very often. Bezer Wizard has only been published in English once, maybe twice, I don't know, at least once, but it's been a long time. I think the last time it was published in English, to my knowledge, unless there's a really new one that I'm not aware of, was like 2010. And so if you pull that game out now, there are actual like trivia, trivia questions in Bezer Wizard. And so some of them you're like, uh, like after a certain number of years (laughs) have passed, certain things that used to be more common knowledge are less common all of a sudden. But Bezer (laughs) Wizard is neat because like Trivial Pursuit, you need to know things, but in Bezer Wizard, you kind of get to select which categories are going to give you more points or less points. And so if you're weak in a certain category, you can say, okay, that one's only worth one point. Mm. And if you're really strong in a category, you can be like, okay, that's the four point category for us this round. You can also swap categories with other teams. And so you can be like, oh, you guys think you're going to do TV and movies? No, 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 we're taking that. And we're giving you history or whatever. (laughs) And so there's some interesting ways to mitigate the types of questions you get whereas in Trivial Pursuit, you have to do all mm-hmm. of the categories. So yeah. Bezer Wizard is really fun. And I've kind of been on the lookout m- for a new English edition. I should look and see if that Bezer Wizard timeline has been published in North America. Although I'm going to guess it probably hasn't been, but who knows, maybe. <laughs> My problem is like, I would be weak in all of the categories, unless it's like a very specific category, like animated Disney movies or something, <laughs> which, which they don't usually have in trivia games. 
Well, if you are good at Disney stuff, then Disney Color Brain is a trivia game that you would probably be pretty good at. Yeah, I do want to play that one. But once again, that's like a one that I would have to play with other people who like Disney. So yeah, that one's hard. fun. It's been a while since I've played it. But basically, you have a hand of cards that have colors mm-hmm. on them. You draw a card from the deck and everybody it'll say what three colors are in, you know, Ariel's dress in whatever, like in mm-hmm. The Little Mermaid. And they'll be more specific than that because that's a little vague. But you're like, three colors? What? There's three colors in her dress? Like, I didn't know there were three colors. Yeah, I'm making this up. I don't know that that any of her dresses have three colors. But then so you have to pull from your hand three colors. And you're like, okay, I know she wore a pink dress. But like, yeah, like that's the kind of thing that you kind of have to think about. And it's interesting. But then when you play the color cards, like other players can take away temporarily some of your colors. So that's like it helps balance the game out. If somebody's doing really well, other players can be like, okay, this round you can't use white, purple and black or whatever. And so then when the next thing comes up you might be like oh well I guess I can't say that the penguins from Mary Poppins were white and black because I don't have those cards anymore it's fun it's definitely I would say on the weaker side of mm-hmm. trivia games but it would be definitely like fun for a family or with kids yeah another thing you you, you mentioned cooperative timeline that piqued my interest because a lot of trivia games are competitive, but if it's cooperative, that might make me like it more. Like, I tend to like cooperative games too, but like someone knowing all the stuff and then you not knowing that much stuff is what makes trivia games feel bad. So if it's, it's cooperative, then it's like, yay, good job, teammate. You know all this stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, co- cooperative trivia games are definitely less common. Mm-hmm. I just recently got copies of Link 2, that's mm-hmm. L-I-N-K-T-O, both link to food and link to travel. They're interesting. They're decks of 50 cards, two decks of 50 cards. One of them is all, in the food game, it's all food items. And you Mm -hmm. lay all of those out and then you take the other deck and there's five levels. So each card has one through five listed on it. And based on which level you're playing, you look at that number on all of these cards. And so it'll say something like vampire repellent. And you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. that goes with garlic Mm -hmm. and something like that. But they're not all super obvious. And what you have Mm -hmm. to do is there's 49 of them that you have to match up and there will be one food card left over. And if that food card's pattern on the back of it matches the pattern for that whatever level you're playing, then you win. Otherwise, you lose. And it is harder than you would think. I mean, the first (laughs) level is pretty easy, but it gets hard pretty quick because you're like, wait, like, what? No. And some of them, we we got baffled pretty quick in even level three. So Uh I'm afraid to play level five. But this this has been on my want to play list, at least the food one, because I like food. I haven't opened up travel yet, but Mm -hmm. the food one is definitely fun. But you, Mm -hmm. this is definitely one where you need some outside knowledge. Like Mm -hmm. it's not all immediately obvious. Yeah, but like with cooperative, like I like cooperative. Actually, like we were playing, this isn't a board game, but (laughs) yesterday we were talking about how we don't know any of the country flags. (laughs) And so then we like Googled country flags things and then there was a little country flag quiz and so we were just taking it cooperatively <laughs> so it was fun like talking to each other what, what flag do you think this is i don't know <laughs> like, so you guys are the most adorable dorks ever <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. I would be bad with flags too. I would have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, that's how a cooperative trivia game would be. It would be like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this. <laughs> yeah. One of the more modern twists in trivia games that I really love mm-hmm. is this wave of trivia games where the game truly does not expect you to know the correct answer to a question mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, and yeah. I like that. So too. things like wits and wagers, mm-hmm. where the answers are ridiculous numbers, but you don't need to know them. You just need to guess something that the other players will think might be close to the correct answer. So you <laughs> don't have bet to know on anything. what you think is the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> be good at yeah, betting. And then you bet on <laughs> which of the answers that were provided by all the teams, which one is theoretically closest without going over. And mm-hmm. so it's really interesting because technically nobody has to know the answer and you can still earn points. Yeah. Similarly, when it came out, I lost my mind about Are You Dumber Than a Box of Rocks? <laughs> I played this at Meepleville right when it came out because they had it in the library. I played it solo. You can play it cooperatively too, but it's kind of, I think it's intended to be a solo game. <laughs> this game has very basic trivia on the cards and the answers to the trivia questions are all zero, one, or two. That is it. All the questions are one of those three answers. And every time you answer a question, you shake the box with these two rocks in it. And those rocks have a mark on one side and not on the other. And they're dual-sided rocks. They're kind of flat on each side. So they will land one way or the other, like a coin would. And you shake it up and reveal it. And based on how many of the marks are face up is what the box is guessing as the answer. So it would guess zero, one, or two, depending on what you see when you open the box. I tell you what, that box is darn good at trivia. (laughs) You you wouldn't think, you're like, no, no, no. Because you're moving along a little track. It's like five or six steps like that you have questions that you have to get right and you'd be shocked at how well that box can do <laughs> like it's very it it's humbling to get beaten by a box of rocks at a trivia game <laughs> yeah we we played it a little bit at BGCon one year oh i i have that we got three and the rocks got one so ha take that rocks um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i get, we probably didn't play a full game i'm not sure but yeah so yeah multiple choice helps with trivia a lot <laughs> <laughs> because like I don't know I'm gonna guess this <laughs> that's basically Absolutely. what the rocks are doing <laughs> yeah another one that involves multiple choice which I think I've talked about somewhat recently is Half Truth the trivia game that was made by Richard Garfield and Ken Jennings of Jeopardy fame where there is a question and there are six answers presented and three of them are true three of them are not and you can guess anywhere between one and three of the answers so you can technically only put your token down on one of them if you want, but you can put tokens down on up to three of them if you think you're very confident. But Ken Jennings, he's a smart fella and he made the wrong answers on these, like very good wrong (laughs) answers. Like in some trivia games, you look at the wrong answers and you're like, okay, that's clearly not it. In this game, you doubt all the things you know because you're (laughs) like, wait, could that be? Is that a character in that TV show? Or, you know, like it's it's wild how they manipulate your brain in this game. And again, you don't have to know the stuff technically. You just kind of have to have an inkling. And then it's a matter of how much you want to push your luck. Yeah, so that's cool. Like adding other mechanisms to trivia games instead of just having pure trivia. You have like the betting, the push your luck, stuff like that. And then on the other side where instead of not expecting you to know it at all, <laughs> there's we talked about stay cool a couple of times recently. This oh, is yeah. a trivia game where they expect you to know it 
It's like easy trivia. The easiest <laughs> questions you'll ever be asked. <laughs> like this insect makes honey or something. Or like... Yeah. Or yeah. What what is an animal? Or spell the name of an animal that barks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. But it's hard because there's a timer and you're multitasking because you're doing like there's two questions at a time. One of the ones you're answering out loud. Some of them are just like, oh, who who here has the longest hair? Like, <laughs> so you just look at the people around you. Like, so some of the questions you answer out loud and some of them you're spelling with these cubes that have letters on them and then you're also like watching a timer and you have a 30 second timer that you have to tell people to flip so you're super multitasking and that's the hard part like the trivia isn't supposed to be hard although some of the questions i still got like stumped on i didn't know and then i've had friends in my friend group who have also gotten fully stumped on questions and then that creates some awkward moments there is a a, a mitigation thing in the game but Uh if if they've already progressed to a certain point in the round you can't use it anymore and that can be a bummer yeah we've just been like the the question asker usually like kind of helps along because sometimes yeah. the questions are worded kind of weirdly and you yes. don't really understand what's going on and then so then the question's like this <laughs> like yeah kind of hint along because it's not supposed to be the trivia is not isn't supposed to be the hard part at all it's the right it's, and we we do yeah. we'll take like i'll definitely accept answers that are that yeah. are, like you feel are good enough mm-hmm. and even if it's not what the card says yeah and the game tells you to do that as well yeah. like it's not yeah mm-hmm. like abby said it's not intended to be difficult <laughs> <laughs> yeah not the trivia part at least the rest of it very hard i i will n- yeah. i am so bad at telling them to flip that timer even when it is smack dab in front of my face it's sitting right there i can see it i will not i just look down at the dice and i forget the timer exists <laughs> but yeah say cool might be my favorite trivia game because it's the least about the trivia i don't know what my favorite trivia game is I like Bezer Wizard, but I would it can't be my favorite unless a new edition ever gets published in English. I definitely like Half Truth a lot, especially mm-hmm. my friends and I play Half Truth with a house rule that you do a final Jeopardy style round for the like you do a final question, final Jeopardy style where you can bet up to all of the points you've won on the final question secretly, mm-hmm. and so oh, it, you cool. know can change everything right at the end, and that makes it really fun and dramatic at the end. That's another thing, Jeopardy the game show. <laughs> <laughs> not a board game but like that's more about like the betting and the the speed well like everyone on that knows the trivia and can do like the speed finger thing so it's like more about getting the speed really good and like betting on the double jeopardy things than, that's true like, the, the, trivia, betting, because, the betting is important yeah but the, the, not everybody is good at the speed thing because if you're that's it's true. not about being yeah. the fastest it's knowing when it's to timing. buzz in yeah yeah so it's like a big part of that is like the knowing when but like everyone knows the trivia like yeah. everyone on that show knows the answers so so it's more about the buzzing in and the the betting so that's yeah. interesting it is interesting right because you just assume watching like oh these are just smart people who know trivia but no like there's more to it <laughs> <Yeah>. than that <laughs> Growing up, Ambie, this is mm-hmm. this might be trivia related or not, but like, were there any game shows that you ever watched that you were like, that's the game show I want to be on if I could ever be on a game show? I don't know if I ever wanted to be on one. I didn't watch that many game shows like regularly. I remember watching Price is Right and thinking that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I ever wanted to be on one because it seemed like very stressful. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, they most of them are definitely stressful. I think for me, I wanted to be on a lot of the Nickelodeon game shows when I was a kid. There was one mm. specifically that people don't tend to talk about as much. Like if you talk about Mark Summers, most people tend to go to Double Dare or Family Double Dare. But I actually liked the other game show he hosted called What Would You Do? Specifically, I wanted to be on that show because they had a p- 
pie coaster. It was literally a miniature roller coaster that you Ooh. rode into a giant pie, like whipped cream, basically. <laughs> and I was a kid. That was the dream. <laughs> like a tiny roller coaster into a pie. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of if we're thinking game shows and not just trivia ones. I remember thinking I would want to be on like Ninja Warrior or something. One of those physical obstacle course ones. Because I loved obstacle courses when I was a kid. But like, I don't see them adult obstacle courses that often. I don't oh, get to do yeah. those. So yeah. I bet back in the day, you would have done so good on American Gladiators. Like that. Did oh, you ever that, watch American Gladiators? I think in the I 90s? did. Maybe that was what I wanted to be on when I was that, a kid. You, I bet because you're small and that technically was a strength in a lot of the games because you're, you have to like, you needed to be nimble and quick and mm-hmm. like, yeah, because the gladiators were big, right? And that was a disadvantage in some of the games. There's an American Gladiators documentary on mm-hmm. Netflix. It's like a docu-series. It's like a six episodes, I think. It's really good if anybody <laughs> hasn't watched it. I loved American Gladiators growing <laughs> up. If we're talking about like more knowledge-based stuff, I think Wheel of Fortune. I'm a word nerd, so I think that would be the one I would go for. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to hear from our listeners what trivia games you dig, which ones you think we should check out that we haven't mentioned in this episode. And also, what game show do you want to be on if you could be on a game show? Hit us up on social media or in our Discord and let us know what you think. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for more content and links. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. The time has finally come. Get your champions and reavers some new buddies when you check out the World of Midgard Kickstarter, where you can get two new games set in the World of Midgard that play in an hour or less. And if you want to buy games at greyfoxgames.com, you can get 10% off your entire order, including promos, exclusives, and upgrades not available anywhere else by using code BGBLITZ2023 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord for game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you like us a lot and want to support us monetarily and get some cool perks, check out our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash boardgameblitz today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Until next time, 24 rows of board games in my house. Open up, let's play them right now. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.